You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hello, welcome to Noise Direction Podcast, where people who spend too much time on punk can teach you how to spend too much time on punk or warn you otherwise, and where we talk over each other in the intro every episode. Isn't that right, Scotty? I can't talk over you. You're yelling too loud. Is that what it's like? Oh, that was happening? Yes, I'm just, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You know, we have to just... As I clench my ears, I imagine this is what it's like. I'm just trying to input authority. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like the talking over each other is like a contest at this point. Yeah, I feel like, well, uh, I don't know how to podcast anymore. Reset. Welcome back to the Noise Direction podcast. I am Scotty. That is my co-host, Matt Bacon Bits. And we are here to tell a tale of putting flyers up on poles and stickers on the backs of stop signs. Because today's episode, my friends, is something near and dear to my heart and one of my favorite hobbies street teaming for myself here we go this is gonna get really intense and a little bit crazy because this is real something... quick oh go ahead oh i just i always like to actually talk i didn't i haven't listened to the last episode yet so i'm behind usually i like to give a little like recap but i've been super busy because i'm trying to take next week off work um not off the podcast but off of coming to oakland and working on record label stuff um I wanted to say, though, man, you know, what's really cool is a few I've met a few new young. Well, I don't know how old they are age wise, but their labels are young. New record label people reached out to me who've been listening and that like nothing makes me happier. Like that is who this podcast is for. This is why like my time. And it made me think of I'm sidebarring real quick, but it made me think of one of my mentors, Felix Havoc from Havoc Records. Now. A lot of the game that I picked up from him wasn't from actually like sitting down for a coffee or a conversation with him. It was from, I was reading his column in Maximum Rock and Roll every single month. And he didn't always talk about label stuff, you know? And some people were probably more stoked when he talked about music or uh, Russian war history or some of his other interests. But I always loved when he talked about the record label and touring stuff, obviously. And from getting hit up by a couple like younger label people in the last couple of weeks, it really made me feel like this is like my own little contemporary version of trying to do that, of just giving my time once a week. And if you can pick up game the way I did from them, like, check it out. I'm your mentor. <laughs> well, that's like the... Or maybe not. Or you think I'm full of shit, but if you tune in, do the opposite of what I say. <laughs> I mean, well, that's sort of the beauty, right? Is I just want to like, you know, I was talking about this with uh, Curran Reynolds uh, from the Chain PR, really good friend of mine. And we were talking, do you know Curran? I do not. Okay. But go ahead. We were talking about, um, you know, how the idea is just to like help move the culture forward meaningfully. That simple. And I think that sharing that sharing information and just being able to like contribute to the culture in a meaningful way by just like if we can be the way that you learn how to put out a record that's all i want you know is like even if it's a record i think is dog shit but 300 kids love that's awesome you yeah know what I well mean? well it's about i mean here's the thing like 
one of the great things about about punk and, and this doesn't always spill over to metal which i found out when i tried to be a metal drummer and realized i was only a punk drummer um is that you don't have to be that skilled to do it <laughs> you certainly don't have to be skilled to do what i do you just have to like be motivated right and yeah. like stay on the ball so it's like i i mean I can play drums rudimentarily, but I've also toured Japan twice playing drums toward Europe, all this stuff. Like it, some of the barriers and other, in other music that would get in your way, don't have to get in your way <laughs> in punk rock, you know, like, yeah, which we, is made, great. we made a form of music that's easier to play, <laughs> you know, and you could, you can fucking do it, you know? Yeah, which is like the best part, right? Is like, that's the idea is like, you show up, you play and you show up, you street team. So talk to us, Scotty, about Yeah, let's teaming. do it. Now, this is a little bit I, of a lost art. And this is like so near and dear to my heart because I really think that like, well, first of all, flyering, I'll, we, I want to do a whole nother episode on <laughs> simply flyering because I'm, I'm talking about flyering's part of this, but I mean, flyering is part of our culture. Our, our culture as punks, as metalheads, our music culture. History is written through these fucking things. And when, and when they look back, they'll see little gaps in history from when, from when this isn't used as much. It's also a great way for young up and coming illustrators, artists and designers to get their foot in the door, making flyers. So before I go full on about how you got a street team, real quick, Shit, shows are opening back up, man. If you're a young illustrator trying to get your foot in the door, start making flyers. Make a flyer for a show that's not even in your fucking town. It doesn't matter. Okay. Yeah, I was explaining this to a girl the other day. Like, that's an people need that art, and it doesn't need to be good. Here is the evolution of a punk artist. You make a flyer. One of the bands on the flyer likes your art. Then you make them another flyer then you make them a t-shirt design before you know it you're doing the insert layout and now you're a cover artist bing bong bing just like that step by step in between drink a couple beers put some uh put some gelatin in your hair spike up your mohawk put a chain around your neck you're a cover artist start what's today's cigars what what's today's topic <laughs> today's topic is street teaming so okay yeah so this is the thing is that you can like this is what it's about is you you want to go fucking promote your show you can do that without it being a fucking ordeal yeah and we can even take it a step back off a show because i went out for five fucking hours last night and i crushed about a three and a half mile square around tank crimes headquarters in in Berkeley and Oakland. And I was not promoting an event. I went out, I make posters for all our releases, like 11 by 17 promo posters. Um, I have a new flyer that I actually made um, that's like a, a label flyer that I was putting up. And then of course, stickers fucking everywhere, right? So. When people are like, what, you know, like 
this is like the the laziest thing somebody could reply to why aren't you street teaming for your band or your brand or your product or whatever the fuck you're doing because you could be out street teaming for a fucking sandwich right now if you sell a good one right is oh why bother go out and doing stuff everyone's on their phone motherfucker you still walk into the store you still go like I know we're especially detached a year into the pandemic, but I mean, when I go to the post office, I see people. It's not like fucking ghost town everywhere because we're not going to shows. Right. And um, so just check it out. Put listener, follow me and put yourself in. You are walking down a street. You see a flyer for a metal band you've never heard of today. Isn't your interest peaked because you're not used to seeing that? It's not like every time you walk out of your house, you're like fucking dodging fucking new metal bands and punk bands coming out. You know, maybe on your phone you are, but not on the way to go get a coffee or a beer or the grocery store. It means a lot. And then just like the whole like power of branding or whatever. I put up a hundred flyers. I also put up 150 stickers. Like that shit's just everywhere. Like I really want to meet somebody that doesn't know what tank crimes is and can't stop seeing my fucking logo everywhere and like want to know hella bad. Like I guess on the streets of Oakland, you could figure out with a little research because you could put the sticker together with one of the flyers or posters around. But uh, that's really just the whole fucking point. I, I went out driving today. I was so fucking proud seeing all that. You do the work at night and then you do. A, I did a little loop around town today in the sun. Saw all my beautiful posters and stickers all over town. Just knowing that everyone's going to enjoy thinking about punk and metal as they're walking past these poles. And then here's why it also is bigger than somebody walking past the pole on the way to the grocery store. Okay, back to everyone's 100%. on their phones now. Dude, you know what's way more engaging of your own social media post than the JPEG of your flyer? A photo of the flyer on a poll because people aren't used to seeing it. It looks better aesthetically for like an Instagram photo to actually post a photo than an image. And people are going to, other people will take photos of it because they're not used to seeing it. Like, oh shit, look what I saw today. There's a fucking metal flyer at the fucking Safeway. Shit like that. So it's not just for the streets. You do it for the streets and it rises up or maybe sinks down to your phone, whether you're using it or not. Like last night, I was fucking posting Instagram stories the whole time I was out the whole time I was out doing stuff and I got people hit me back the whole time, you know, like every time I checked my phone to take another photo, then I got a bunch of people being like, Oh, sick lost art. Oh, no one ever does that anymore. It's like they could, they just don't want to. And meanwhile, I'm over here soaking up all this fucking attention because nobody else wants to do it. Yeah. And it's Take like, us somewhere, Maddie. It's like yeah. freak. It's like freaky the extent to which flyers work. Like I was, um, I remember I was flyering down in Australia last year, and um, just I was talking to the promoter I was helping, you know, because I was I was staying with this guy because I was down there for a speaking gig, 
And this, I was with my buddy Anthony Blaney, and we like went out fly. He was like, "You want to see Sydney?" And I'm like, "Yeah." He's like, "Okay, come flyer with me." <laughs> so I'm like out flyering in Sydney. Never been to Sydney before, but like, this is how that dude sells tickets, and it fucking works. Because like, I think that when people like when you like spoon feed it to someone, like, "Oh, this cool thing is happening," and you do it in like a cool neighborhood. You're surprised. It just creates like a groundswell of connection, you know? Well, yeah. I mean, that's really important to me. Like, okay. So I go out last night, like I'm trying to hit like every poll or like most polls or whatever, but my whole map for leaving my house is based on cool places where people with my relevant interests go. I'm like, okay, I'll go from here. I'll hit the tattoo shop. From the tattoo shop, I'll go to the cool coffee shop. <clears throat> From the coffee shop, I'll cross town to the vegan restaurant. From the vegan restaurant, I'll head up to the record store and then back around past the bar. Like, th- you know where people are going to be that know. I mean, yeah, you know what I that's never where understood? they're going to be. You know what I never understood? Why hasn't Relapse or some other cool metal label hit up the guys at St. Vitus bar and asked if they could do like a chalk spray paint thing on the ground in front of St. Vitus bar. Oh, that's a good idea. I'm actually going to steal that because I'm going to, I have all these plans for when I get back on tour to actually like, yeah. I've never, I've never properly street teamed on tour beyond stickers. I mean, I always have a pocket full of stickers and I hit them everywhere, but I had this big plan for, last year's tours was when I was going to start it um, is to actually get out and flyer the neighborhoods and do more than just hit stickers and even flyer. Like, here's the other thing too. Like one of the things I wanted to do, which is nice because I, we load in during the day is to street team the bathrooms at the venues. Oh yeah. That's Cause like best. if I'm there during the day, I can hit the ladies room too and put up some posters and it's and like, also- that's a killer place to, to put stuff. And I, like, especially if you get it in the ladies room, you got like the dope selfie chicks in there, like in the mirror and then boom, there's your flyer. I just wanted to, there's a lot of love. Yeah. I just want to point something out real fast. It's also really cool when like you get into it and like you go, you put your stickers in bathrooms then like you go and you see your friend's stickers in that same bathroom. Oh, you, Oh, that's a, that's a rule. If you see your friend's sticker, you have to put a sticker next to it. It's called a sticker kiss. And that's how you say hi and let them know you love them. I didn't know about the sticker kiss rule. I just like when I used to tour <laughs> with like these people I didn't like very much. Um, there was like there was something really comforting to just like I'm gonna roll out here and fucking you know whatever. I don't like these guys, but like at least I'm peeing and I'm seeing my friends in Witch Mountain sticker, and that makes my life a little bit better. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah, um, yeah, absolutely. No, people get happy. I mean, nothing makes me more stoked than if somebody texts me, like a close friend texts me a photo of a tank crime sticker somewhere random, or just if a stranger who follows the label like tags me in a tweet because they saw a sticker and, and they hit it up. Like, that's what it's there for. It's like, every time you see a tank crime sticker, that's me like winking at you. Yeah, Boom. no, totally. Yeah, where it's just like, hi, we're into the same thing come be cool. Yeah. You know, and that's, uh, 
that's exciting stuff, you know, and I think that people definitely don't think about that enough. Um, um, what, and then, okay, here's a, now here, I'm going to take it a little bit away because I got an idea and I, I'll, I'll spread it on the podcast. And if I get my shit together, maybe it'll be enacted by the time, um, I'm about to put together, a like talk about getting other people involved. I'm about to put together like a contest where I have a PDF of my flyer that you can download and then post up around your town and then fucking post the photos of your flyers and then tag me. And then I'm going to make like some like hundred dollar record box. And then maybe even like a, maybe even a second and third prize or something like that for the people that go the hardest. And then it's honestly not that big of a stretch because people ask me for that shit all the time. Like every time I'm out street teaming, people will always reply to my posts. Like, how do I get some posters? How do I get some stickers? I want to help you. And then this is where me, we've talked about on the podcast before, which I don't know if I give off this vibe, but I'm such a fucking control freak about tank crime stuff. Maddie is that I'm like, it's hard for me to like, even let someone else street team for me because I'm like, Oh, you're not going to put it. You're not going to put enough staples on that flyer. Or like you're going to put the sticker somewhere stupid or you're not, I don't, like, I mean, to be fair, people are not smart, <laughs> but yeah, no, I mean, I kind of love that idea though. Yeah. But I'm even, I'm such a damn control freak. It's going to be like, have to be very specific instructions because one of the rules of those things, and I'll just tell you a little flyer game. This has nothing to do with flying for a show, but those flyers with the pull tabs on them, you always got to pull one tab. You never want to hang it up with all the tabs because it's one of those weird little like psychological things where like no one wants to pull the first tab, but once one's pulled, people will grab it. It's weird stuff like that. And this kind of stuff like fucking, I spend way too much time thinking about it when, it, when it's something that says tank crimes on it. But like, or even like, for instance, like when I was on on tour with the haunt guys, I like put a stack of tank crime stickers in their van and was just like, hit these up when you're like out. And then they fucking text me a photo and they've like put them all over this car who parked like an asshole. And they were like, oh, we got this guy. And I was like, motherfuckers, like, no, you did it. All you do is waste a bunch of my shit and ruin some guy's day who maybe parked like an asshole. Like, I don't have like, I'm not going to judge them here or there about that. But like, that's the other thing about getting people to street team. It's like, are, are you going to put the stickers somewhere smart or no? So I don't know. That's where I have to like, let go a little bit. I got to let yeah. go. You know, such is the struggle. But okay, mm -hmm. so the point being, so what we're trying to say is this shit works. And also I just want to point something out real fast because this is something people don't really think about and they don't like to hear me say, but it's going to have particular value with who? The people who really grew up with that. So the people who are over 40. Do you know who has the most money in the punk scene? The people who are over 40. So if you can do something that appeals to them, well, you know. Maddie's speaking right to me. He's speaking right to me. I, I got mean, disposable income because I got me and my, we're not having no damn kids sucking up all our money. So I got a twomper to buy your record. I just got to know. You know what happens with the flyers too? This is what else is that I'll give a very specific example. So like, okay, the bands on tank crimes, like not every band on tank crimes can go out and like headline 
you know, uh, 400 cap clubs on a tour, right? But there's like five or six bands on Tank Crimes that could like play a big ass show locally here, right? Or like, um, like a promoter will come to one of my shows and see that it's fucking sold the fuck out. And then they'll hit up one of the bands, even the headlining band, and just be like, it, for them to hit a show, right? I mean, that's how it works. You see a popular band, you're a promoter, you want to book them a show too, right? But I've had to like, this is kind of shitty, but it is what it is. I've had to like ask the bands on the label not to, to think hard about playing another promoter's show because some promoters will think that all they have to do is put that band on a bill and that we're going to sell the place out. And what they miss along the way is that, yes, the band is popular. Yes, people will come out to see them and have a good time and pay at the door. But everyone doesn't just automatically know about the event because that band is playing. And I yeah. think a lot of people see the success of my shows here in the Bay and think that I just have like some secret sauce. And I do, but that secret sauce is pounding the fucking concrete with flyers every fucking time. And so you can't just yeah. see the success of that and imitate it without putting in that work. And this, and is, why, fucking yeah, this is why it works. this is why I tell the Australia story, right? Is because this guy, Anthony Blaney, okay, you can look him up, your mate booking. He's an international goddamn booking agent, okay? Um, he books in Australia, New Zealand, and Japan, okay? And, and, you know, brings big bands in, you know, manages a band on Metal Blade. Like, this is a player, right? I have gone flyering with him in the last 18 months because that's how important flyering is to his business. It absolutely is, man. You know what I, I mean? I got, like, I got, I don't know your boy, but I got respect for your boy because he knows what he's doing. Like, you gotta, you, it's, it's as important. Like, that's oh, yeah, the thing. And, and, oh, like, and I just want to, I just want to add this in. I just want to add this in. And again, because like, I, I, I can already hear the eyes rolling about like, oh, only fucking olds will do that. Anthony is probably like 33, 34. So like, I don't know, man. And I, I'm 25 and I do this shit. Like, Shit works. I mean, it's not, I mean, sure, people my age get more nostalgic about seeing a flyer up, but we're not the only people with eyeballs out there. Yeah, exactly. The reason that younger people aren't nostalgic about it is they haven't lived long enough to be nostalgic about it. Make them nostalgic about it when they're old, right? Like, put it in. Like, I got fucking five shoeboxes here full of flyers, and I'll bet you that fucking the flyers I've collected in the last four years don't even fill one and i used to like fill a shoebox over a summer for my own personal collection right yeah dude like i get it you know like this is the thing it's like that's you know in um in the words of dri that's the trade reaganomics killing me Oh, I, Deal was, I fucking went on a went on a big DRI. I was a huge DRI fan in high school. And uh which is like part of what made me such a big insanity alert fan later on. Mm -hmm. um, but <clears throat> the point being 
fuck yeah i've been on i've been on like a, a, a dri deep dive and like i always forget like it's so easy to forget that like dri is like this great legendary punk band but also they like kind of invented power violence um uh yeah i mean i've seen them get them get a nod to that i think the nod for power violence goes more to like siege maybe yeah Boston, but 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 dri is definitely in that i mean you can't listen to the first the the fucking first seven inch and and say that didn't influence you know the first i mean well like flat the thing about power violence is that it when it started you know it didn't mean a sound it meant like a scene you know so there's like different bands like maybe like crossed out doesn't sound exactly like dri but capitalist casualties certainly sound like they've been listening to them you know but okay so there's something i want to point out real fast because because we're talking because i actually intentionally brought up power violence and this is something that uh finn mckenty uh from the punk rock mba podcast which is also in our podcast network Ooh, listen to the network baby um something he support he support the network yes something he mentioned is you know so first of all he's talked about how a lot of those old power violence flyers are very instagrammable but furthermore he talked about how like that whole look very much has inspired a lot of streetwear and like that's the thing it's like is like power like flyers have this like very real aesthetic that has trickled down through the ages through a variety of platforms you know yeah And it's like, I was literally just explaining this to some kid on Clubhouse where I was literally like, he was like asking about building communities. I'm like, dude, like, look at like, you're like into Bollywood. So you're not going to do this and you're not going to get it. But like, look at the 90s SoCal power violence scene, because like, that's where streetwear comes from. (laughs) And that's where graffiti comes from. Oh, yeah. Like despise you. Well, that was the, the, I, the, the punk rock NBA video about power violence really highlights uh not to toot my own horn but spaz and despise you to tank crimes power violence bands and so didn't i get you to ask him when he was on your podcast spaz made a whole split seven inch about finn yeah McKinty. yeah which is like just so because strange. he was a fan who used to write them letters all the time they, yeah they like dared him to do it and then they didn't even tell him until the record came out and yeah, now and those songs are like, all on tank crimes and he was like literally <laughs> Like, this is the thing, right? It's like, Finn was, like, literally a 15-year-old who was just obsessed with this writing band. letters, to, Writing letters to Chris Dodge. And then this band, like, writes a, a whole split seven-inch about him. Yeah, like, but this is the thing, Because right? they joke, they got good jokes like that. Um, yeah, so, like, this is important, you know? Um, I want to okay, tell so- a story... I want to do, sure. people like when we do a little sidebar, I want to tell a story since you brought up DRI. We did uh, some shows. DRI took out Ghoul on the West Coast. We did some shows with them. And this was one of the times when I was um, doing the costumes for Ghoul. Sure. Um, for people who don't know Ghoul, Ghoul's like Guar. Like we, they are cannibals from Creepsylvania. And during the, the songs kind of the sets kind of like a play and during the songs like monsters come out and they battle and squirt blood and all this stuff, you know, the thing. So I'm in the fucking Killbot costume right now. Our guy who normally does this, whose name is also happens to be Scott. He's got like, I don't know, maybe a hundred pounds in a foot of man on me. He's a big dude. He's not like a big fat dude, but he's like, he's at least a, he's way taller than me and way bigger than me. 
these costumes were built for him. So I'm like, the costumes are really big and I'm like swimming around in them often. And one of the tricks for these costumes is how they look so big on stage, same thing with Guar, is that you're in these big like boots, right? Like there's like foam rubber like or like styrofoam and or just like, they put an extra like foot and a half on you. So you're really towering over the band and when you're on stage, right? So we're in San Diego and I'm like, you, you got to do all the costume changes kind of on your own. Sometimes we have, most of the time we like to have two people, but there's been times where we've gone out where like the guys are playing a song and I'm like backstage, like falling over, like getting lost, just trying. It's really, really hectic. Nothing goes by faster than a band set when you have to change costumes every song. But I'm walking up the fucking stairs to get on the stage in the fucking Killbot costume and I fall backwards. Oh, and no. I fall and I get stuck. <laughs> okay. I'm stuck <laughs> against the wall. My feet in these big boots are on the stage and I have fallen backwards, but I'm stuck. I'm leaning against the wall. Like picture like a little corridor going up to the stage. I'm totally fucking stuck there. And like the song starts and I'm like, and you can't hear, I'm like yelling from inside the costume, but like a ba- I'm behind the PA, like nothing. Harold from DRI like comes out of the fucking bathroom or something and sees me stuck there and like has to come and like get like underneath my ass and like lift me up like a fucking car jack. And he like fire. So like halfway through the song, I come like pushed out onto stage and like stumble on and boom, the show goes on. And then an hour later, this is something uh, if one day I want to do a thing about show etiquette without being too much of a fucking old man or an asshole about it. But one of the things that you should never do is steal a band's set list off the stage while they're playing. It's like so shitty. But so an hour later while DRI's playing, some kid jumps up on stage and grabs their set list um, and takes off. They didn't have another set list on stage. They're one of those bands like they play like 60 songs in their set, right? So their sure. set list is like four pieces of paper taped together like it's long. Right. And then they just have like one on stage. I don't know if like Kurt, the singer, like calls them out or everyone kind of looks at them, but they don't all have their own set list. So this kid seals the set list and they're just like, don't fucking know what song is next. And I'm like, oh, shit. I make eye contact with Harold and he's like, my case, my case. And I'm backstage digging through all the cases with DRI fucking stencils on them. And I find another four foot set list, put it up on stage for him, return the favor. That's my DRI story. Well, that's the DRI story that I can that I feel comfortable telling to the public. I got another one. I'll tell you. I, I can tell it off the air. The point being, so we're coming up on the half hour mark on this podcast. What we're trying to say is, flyering may from the outside seem like quote unquote boomer shit, but for those of us who have served our time and done our hours flyering is important and helpful and will move you to the next level because it kind of it brings the magical world of shows that's sort of like a separate reality you know like i always felt that way as a kid like you know uh i'm going i'm i'd be walking home i had to go up all these stairs to go home from school and i'd be walking up those stairs listening to some punk song and on a friday it would always be insanity alerts run to the pit 
which is again it's like so dumb because like those guys are like our friends um except i was like 16 and um like i'd go to a show and it was like this separate magical land and like when i'd see a flyer for a show in real life i'd be so excited you know or like i remember like being in la marée which is like the the neighborhood all the shows are in in paris with one of my friends one day who was like a normie and i was like there was a flyer and i remember being like chris like i know these guys you know uh and it's like the most exciting fucking thing ever so do i love seeing a fly i love seeing other people's flyers too yeah like so yeah much. like that's what i'm saying especially right? it's like... when you're traveling when you're traveling and you see a, a flyer um for someone you know you know yeah and that's what i'm saying right and so all i'm trying to say is flyer the fuck up people think it doesn't work it fucking does international agents are doing it scotty fucking tank crimes is doing it do flyers or be proved false boom this has been another episode thank you dear listeners for tuning in of the noise direction podcast see you next week Peace. Hello out there. yes we're out there everyone i'm hal schwartz and i'm flynn mcclain together we host none but the brave a podcast dedicated to the music and career of bruce springsteen Bruce and E Street Band are on tour right now for the first time in six years, and we're taking a detailed look at what's happening on stage in our bi-weekly episodes. We've also been recently joined by some very exciting guests, including rock journalist Warren Zanes and Stephen Hyden, Backstreet's Magazine founder Charles Cross, and Barstool's Kirk Menahan. If you're a diehard Springsteen fan, this is the show for you. So please subscribe to Nimba the Brave on your favorite podcasting platform, and we hope to see you further on up the road. Thank you so much! We'll be seeing you!